from the Orange County Fire Authority. This is the Pass Along Podcast, where we address firefighter issues from top to bottom, from your helmet down to your boots. Now, here's your host, OCFA's Assistant Chief of Organizational Planning, Mike Schrader. All right, welcome back to OCFA's Pass Along Podcast. This episode, we bring you an interview with our outgoing board chair, uh, Dr. Beth Swift. As she looks back on her time here as the board chair and, and also looks forward to the future for organization. We had also the challenge of our fire chief uh, resigning abruptly and then appointing a new interim chief. And I think the interim chief we got was just the perfect person to come in and calm the waters and uh, carry on business without uh, missing a beat. I think we've uh, met that challenge. Absolutely. And then now um, recruiting a new fire chief is in, is in the works. All right, but before that, let's review on the news and noteworthy items that we have before us. Uh, first, some great news. Uh, as most of you remember, this past fire season um, took an unusual turn for three of our members who were involved in uh, two different traffic collisions while out of county on assignment. Uh, first, we have Battalion Chief Matt Levesque and uh, Battalion Chief Kenny Harrison. And then uh, also then later in December, we had um, Firefighter Paramedic Scott Deerdorf uh, returning. He's coming back this month. And I'm happy to report that while Matt has already been back for some time, thankfully, Battalion Chief Ken Harrison, who broke his neck um, in that traffic collision, uh, is also coming back. He'll be returning to full duty officially on Monday, his first shift back on February 5th. And I can't tell you how great it feels to know that uh, our three guys that were out really serving um, our, our agency, the, the region, the state of California, and ultimately all Americans uh, with all these historic wildfires in the West, um, that they're, this last year, that they're out of the woods and they're coming back to work. Um, they have all, both individually and collectively, expressed their thanks to really pretty much everyone in the organization who really stepped up to uh, aid them in the recovery and just to know that they weren't alone along the way. And it's truly inspiring to see our fire family, as usual, um, kind of take over during these times of adversity and need. So um, we've already welcomed back Matt. We've already welcomed back uh, Scott Deerdorf. And now uh, we just wanted to say uh, welcome back to you, uh, Chief Harrison, or, or uh, to my friend Kenny. All right, updates on the academies. Uh, this Friday kicks off the four-week Captain's Academy for those 12 members who passed the assessment center uh, this month. Uh, good luck to them on, on becoming company officers. Uh, what a great and important position within the fire authority. Um, and, and then this Monday, we kick off the beginning of Academy 46. Um, the academy uh, will be led again uh, by uh, recruit or academy coordinator, Captain Joe Enterline and his team of really outstanding academy instructors or cadre. And they'll be going forward with 16 weeks and we'll uh, bring the 49 recruits that we have, um, test them, I'm sure, uh, to their full limits, but really uh, build into them the great skills and abilities that we desire for our entry-level firefighters. So we can't wait to see them graduate. Uh, I think it's um, Wednesday, the 23rd of May. And uh, make sure to put that on your calendars as those graduations are always a fun event to celebrate. A little spree de corps, some hoorah-rah, and uh, just a neat way to welcome our newest members into the agency. All right, don't forget uh, that we also have the Battalion Chiefs Assessment Center, which will be starting next week at the uh, USAR Warehouse in Foothill Ranch. Uh, good luck to the 19 who are participating. 
in that process. And again, a big thank you to everybody helped who puts that whole process on. Um, Battalion Chief Mike Summers, again, as he did with the fire captain's process, is helping coordinate that. It's a lot of logistics, a lot of role players, outside graders and uh, professional staff from HR um, to property management to obviously the USAR folks. Uh, just can't say thank you enough. All right, quick reminder for those uh, who are interested in attending the Best and Bravest, uh, that'll be taking place, uh, as I've mentioned, probably ad nauseum uh, here on the podcast on Friday, the 23rd of February at the Pacific Hills Bistro, which is in Laguna Hills, uh, down off of Moulton. Uh, so make sure to order your tickets today if you can. Also, the Orange County Fire Emerald Society is hosting the St. Patrick's Day party this year at the Santa Ana Elks Lodge which is on Saturday, March 10th at 7 p.m. The party is always a good time and coincides with the 20th anniversary of our Pipe and Drums this year. Uh, so order your tickets today. Just a, again, a quick shout out to the Pipe and Drums. Um, they're right up there, Pipe and Drum and our Honor Guard, just folks that go above and beyond to represent our agency th literally throughout the nation and have uh, such a stellar reputation. So come on out uh, to the St. Patrick's Day party and celebrate um, 20th anniversary for our Pipe and Drum Corps. That'll be Saturday, the 10th of March at 7 p.m. All right, quick shout out to our newest division chief, Brian Norton. Uh, Brian will be taking over for retiring Division 10 chief, uh, Ken Cruz, who officially uh, is going to be retiring here in March, and uh, Brian will take over uh, March 16th. Uh, there's a little bit of a transition there, so we want to make sure that we have that lineage and succession uh, planning. And then also for Chief Norton's position down in pre-fire management, uh, Chief Levesque has been uh, slowly uh, being trained over the past year or so to assume that role. So just want to say congrats to Chief Norton and uh, also to uh, Chief Cruz. Uh, what an outstanding um, human being, uh, brother in the fire service, friend, uh, fire officer, fire chief, uh, just an outstanding man. So uh, we're certainly going to miss Ken. He certainly cannot be replaced, um, but we are excited for uh, Chief Norton to come into uh, his shoes and really hit the ground running because of his previous experience with a lot of the collateral duties that Chief Cruz had um, been involved in. So congrats to all. All right, we had a busy uh, week this last week regarding board meetings and board of supervisors meetings regarding the air operations situation. Uh, please go back and listen to our last podcast, which had the audio from the board of supervisors meeting. And in that meeting, it referenced a few times that uh, Chief McIntosh cannot unilaterally agree with any decision proposed by the board of supervisors without first talking to our board of directors here. And that occurred on Thursday. Um, in a closed session uh, a meeting. Now remember both the, the, the OCFA and OCSD have legal authority to respond to calls, right? Uh, uh, they have their, what they believe is their call and we certainly have uh, under state statute our call to provide uh, ALS care and emergency medical services to the folks who, who rely on us, uh, right? About 500 times a day throughout the county and the areas we serve. So uh, the briefing binder memo went out on January 16th uh, regarding our response to the incidents. And it's basically, you know, our policies and plans are gonna remain in effect until further notice or uh, once we receive board direction. A little quote in there, I'll just quote for you. It says, the one, uh, the one important addition to our response procedure is that if an OCSD helicopter is first on scene and demands uh, our air resources uh, in the area cancel, we'll abide by the request. Uh, we're not going to engage in any verbal confrontation over the radio or in person or potentially expose our personnel to action by OCSD. Uh, continuing within the quotes, it says, if you have an incident with an adverse outcome, make sure to document the facts accurately and submit your findings through your chain of command so that management staff can take appropriate action, end quote. So ultimately, what it comes down to is just 
keep doing the great job you're doing, whether you're in the air or on the ground. Um, we feel very blessed to have such great men and women who work at the fire authority uh, in the skies and on the ground doing um, what they can. And like I said, 500 times a day, uh, folks throughout the county calling us, we respond, and let's just continue to remain professional and take the high road. All right, uh, also on the board meeting, I wanted to talk about uh, the new election to our board. Uh, we have a new board chair and vice chair. Ed Sachs from Mission Viejo was selected to the board chair position, and Joe Mueller from uh, Dana Point was selected to the vice chair position. So speaking of that, that leads us to our interview uh, for this episode, which is uh, hosted by Division 7 Division Chief Dave Steffen. And when he sat down with our outgoing board chair, Beth Swift from Buena Park, to talk about her time here as the board chair uh, and vice chair and, uh, and what she looks forward to in the future for our agency, as well as uh, maybe an update on the uh, fire chief's recruitment. So take a listen. Hi, this is Dave Steffen. I'm uh, division chief in Division 7 with OCFA. And this morning I'm meeting with uh, Elizabeth Swift, who uh, is a uh, council member and recently uh, mayor of Buena Park and also sits as our board chair on the OCFA board of directors. Um, hi, how are you today, Beth? Good morning. I'm good. Awesome. Um, I was hoping that we could reflect on your year as chair of the Fire Authority Board and talk about some of the accomplishments that uh, we've had and then also uh, speak more specifically about some of the things going on in the city of Buena Park as well. Sounds great. Um, can you give us a little history on how you ended up on OCFA's Board of Directors? Well, I'm a homegrown kid here in Buena Park, lived my whole life here, and I was on the school board for 31 years before I ran for city council. This is my eighth year in city council, and as soon as I was elected, I was appointed to the OCFA board of directors by our city council, and so, um, as I said, this is my eighth year on the OCFA board of directors. I retired from teaching high school with the idea to just pour myself into city business, and including OCFA. And so I uh, volunteered to be on the Budget and Finance Committee and then the Capital Improvements Committee and um, as uh, Vice Chair and then Chair of Budget and Finance. Then I was appointed to some other committees, the Executive Committee, right. and then, Absolutely. Um, then I made the rounds through Vice Chair the previous year and chaired in 2017. We, um, I know you have a uh, background in education and how appropriate that today we're having our interview at Walter <laughs> Knott School, a uh, temporary uh, site for Station 50, uh, 61 uh, followed, following the fire that we had last year and while the new uh, station is under construction. Yeah, I um, feel perfectly at home here among <laughs> these classrooms, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm going to clean the erasers and the chalkboards here when we're done. I. Um, can, let's talk for a moment back to your uh, your job this past year as chair for the Fire Authority Board. Um, I'd like to hear uh, some of the things that you're most proud of, our, our biggest accomplishments in the last year while you've been chair of the board. Well, we um, had some, some emergencies that OCFA responded to brilliantly in Buena Park, and, um, and so I'm very proud of that. We've had, uh, as everyone knows, we had a fire in our fire station, and that was heartbreaking. And yet, City of Buena Park had already been planning to build a new fire station, so the plans were already uh, done, ready to put into place. And so we 
did that pretty seamlessly, I think, and, and then moving in here in the temporary quarters. And then um, Vice Chair Sachs and I made it a point to visit all the divisions in OCFA and take a tour with the division chiefs and just give ourselves a better understanding of the variety of challenges here in, in this uh, really huge enterprise that we have called OCFA. And so I'm really proud that we got a chance to see from the canyons, Silverado, Majesca, Tribuco, to um, San Clemente, and all the different things there, the tight spaces in Santa Ana, and then out in Yorba Linda, and Placentia, all the cities, Seal Beach, everything's, um, while it's the same service, same kind of service in uh, response times and that, it, just to see the variety of topography and populations, it's just an amazing organization. But then we had also the challenge of our fire chief uh, resigning abruptly and then appointing a new interim chief. And I think the interim chief we got was just the perfect person to come in and calm the waters and uh, carry on business without uh, missing a beat. I think we've uh, met that challenge. Absolutely. And then now um, recruiting a new fire chief is in, is in the works. Um, I think uh, the uh, rank and file uh, members of the organization feel the same way. Having uh, Patrick back has been a breath of fresh air and definitely has calmed the waters during this transition. Um, if we could talk for a moment about the uh, process of selecting a new permanent fire chief. It, I know that um, we're, the process is currently underway. Um, if, if you can talk to some of the specifics uh, of that process and, and the timeline involved and when we expect to have that, uh, that announcement made and that selection made of who the next fire chief will be, that would be uh, great. Well, we started out by appointing an ad hoc committee to uh, look at services, companies that could help us recruit. And we met with, I believe, three different companies and interviewed them, looked at their proposals. And, <clears throat> and then we uh, selected Ralph Anderson. We have uh, the gentleman assigned to this recruitment has met with employee groups. He's been open to hearing individual comments, uh, who, who they would, what kind of person they would like to see take um, the reins of the organization. And uh, so that process is still ongoing. People could still contact our, our um, uh, consultant. How soon does the recruitment close, Beth? Do you recall? Um, it's pretty Today's quick. the 18th. I think, Th is it the end of the month? I think, I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. And then the Ralph Anderson Company will paper screen for us. The board will decide, and the ad hoc committee first will look at the paper screening, and then a certain number of people will be determined to be interviewed. And then that interview process should happen probably in March, and hopefully by the regular meeting in March, we will be able to appoint a new um, fire chief. How exciting. Um, yeah, well underway. 
Um, well too, too bad we can't hang on to Patrick a little while longer. We're all going <laughs> to miss him. But he's uh, he's certainly been uh, a welcome, uh, like I said, a calming influence uh, during this been. transition. He has been. I appreciated one firefighter here in Buena Park who um, had heard that there were certain people interviewing for the interim fire chief. I don't know how that got out, <laughs> but um, he had heard Patrick was one that was going to be interviewed. And he said to me at an event I happened to be at with him, he said, he's the kind of leader that if he comes up to you and says, how are you doing? He waits and listens to hear how you're doing. He said, we like that kind of leader. So. Absolutely, and we're happy to have them uh, and hang on to them as long as we can. Um, and we appreciate the uh, ad hoc committee uh, for the selection uh, of our new fire chief, the challenge that that, that, that represents. Um, we are a very complicated uh, organization and uh, unlike most others. And uh, that recruitment is, um, is important to the organization uh, moving forward and certainly uh, will require a, a very dedicated uh, interview process by the board to determine who that best candidate will be. I, sh I should say so this is very complicated complex organization and Ed Sachs and I got a really good taste of that when we did our tours of the divisions. It was a, a great great time and a great uh, benefit to us for our understanding. Um, and you mentioned the tours of the divisions. I know each one of the division chiefs uh, had the pleasure of yours and Ed's company for the day and we took you around and toured uh, each of the stations and uh, also our uh, program areas. Uh, my understanding was that you also went for a helicopter ride. Is that not correct? <laughs> That's correct. John Abel uh, down in the San Clemente, uh, I forget which division, is that four? Division? Three. Three. Um, he said the best way to see his area, since it's huge, was to hop on the helicopter <laughs> and take a tour. And that's exactly what we did and flew over the wilderness areas and, and then out to the ocean and over the San Clemente Pier and then back. And um, it's, it's an amazing, amazing amount of land that this agency covers and the differences and the challenges that each different type of area poses. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, John Abel has obviously just uh, retired this past month. Uh, yes. Rob Capobianco is now Division Three. That division is a giant division. Yes. Uh, that's certainly the best way for you to see it is by air. Um, what, a, uh, what an opportunity for uh, you and Ed, who don't really have all that much uh, wildland urban interface to be able to go out and see that firsthand uh, prior to the, uh, the canyon and Canyon 2 fires, to be able to fly over that area and see those right. fire problems in this historic uh, wind corridors that we have yes. within Orange County. And then see how that translates into um, when we actually had a start within those uh, historic wind corridors, how that translates into the the uh, the fire behavior and where the fire uh, progressed to and where we were able to pick it up and stop it before right. coming into the communities of Lemon Heights and Cowan Heights there. Right, and to see the aftermath of the Canyon 2 fire, that was uh, you, pretty incredible. But I wanted to say when we toured Division 7 with you, 
Um, you had at the Cypress Station, 17, you had a probationary employee who was going through the paces, uh, all the different uh, skills he needed to maintain and improve. And what I appreciated about seeing that was the other guys at the stations, they weren't sabotaging him. They were setting up realistic challenges for him, but they were seeing that he was successful. And I appreciated knowing that the others are in there uh, cheering for them and um, you know, encouraging them. And it was a challenge. He, he was pretty tired by the end of that yeah, routine he, he had to was. go through. But um, the guys were, were there to encourage him and uh, cheer him on. Uh, Captain Tim Loya uh, had the probationary firefighter and that was uh, one of their daily routines is to make sure that they do the evaluated evolutions in preparation for the rookies upcoming testing. And uh, having all the crews chip in the way they do, um, they all learn and get reminded and get refreshed on those evolutions as well. And it keeps everything moving at a much quicker pace uh, for the rookie who's going through the, uh, the, his paces in order to get yeah. all those evolutions done in the time frame. Yeah, I appreciated seeing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit, we, you mentioned Division 7, let's talk a little bit more about what's going on out here in Division 7, primarily here in Buena Park, since you're on council here at Buena Park. Um, can we uh, talk a little bit about uh, the new fire station and how sure. soon it will be uh, available for us to occupy? Well, it's coming on quickly and I just earlier this week got to take a tour of, of the new building. And still a lot to do, obviously. There's a lot of uh, cords hanging and, and uh, some kind of outside stucco or something to put on but it's about a month ahead of schedule, I was told. In the middle of May, it will be substantially finished, but then the moving in will take a while and making sure everything is working properly. And so that process will happen in June. And we intend to have a big grand opening early July. So put that on your calendar, everybody. And, uh, Absolutely. But it's a huge building, huge. And it, with those enormous steel um, structures that are holding up the building, it, it should be standing for 75 to 100 years, long after I'm gone, that's for sure. But there's 12 dorms in there, so if we need to add another, another company, they'll, they'll already have a spot ready for them. And uh, three bays and uh, lots of... Um, community, uh, not a community room, but um, learning room and, and uh, space for the nurse. It is a division headquarters. Right. So all those uh, office spaces that are required are there and ready to go. It's, it's uh, been quite wonderful to see how quickly that's going up. And our construction manager has been complimented by OCFA and, OC and vice versa. He's co really complimented. OCFA and how wonderful it's been to work with staff members, including all the tech guys, and so. Well, I couldn't be more pleased with the team. Um, I go to the weekly meetings with uh, Chief Willie Mattern, who's really the operations uh, project liaison from OCFA. 
Um, but I, uh, I, I attend as many of those meetings as I can. I can't tell you how proud I am of the entire team. Um, I love the uh, interaction that we have and the relationship that we have with the city. Um, and I'm thankful for the city allowing us to be a part of the planning process, as you mentioned, well over a year ago. Uh, the crews were given the opportunity to uh, move the boxes around, if you will, and help uh, determine what the layout of the station uh, will look like and how functional it will be. Um, I wanted to say the location is different. Uh, we swapped a, a parcel of land with Knott's Berry Farm, so we're getting part of their parking lot. That's right. And when the old station is completely torn down, Knott's will get that one acre, one acre parcel. We had to buy just a little bit more than an acre to um, have it, enough room for a driveway and everything else we needed. Right. But that was at the suggestion of one of the firefighters, I believe the engineer, and I could say his name, but last time I, I complimented him for this in public, he acted like an aw shucks kind of <laughs> reaction. You're talking about JD, aren't you, Jeff yeah. Duran? Yes. <laughs> but anyway, I appreciated him saying I was at an event oh, when I was probably first on OCFA, um, and they were doing some instructions to people at an apartment about keeping the pool safe and drowning prevention. And he was there and he said, you know, when those roller coasters come down, it shakes our building. He said, if you build a new one, why don't you build it on La Palma instead of Western? And then when Knott's has their not scary farm in October, people, even though they're not supposed to block a driveway of a, of a fire station, they sometimes do. There's right. so many. And he said that would solve that problem also. And so I told my city manager, I said, this is a good idea. And so when um, the station burned and we needed to have a different location so we could work on that while the building was uh, being torn down, we had it. We had already, we had, it was a done deal. We had already worked out done well. this with Knott's Berry Farm. And they just swapped the land except for that extra quarter, quarter acre. acre. Perfect. We also um, ran the, the call. While I appreciate JD's desire to move it on to La Palma, there was some science behind it too that you may not have been aware of at the time. <laughs> um, when uh, Chief Bramlett was in Strategic Services, we call it the Office of Strategery. Um, <laughs> I had uh, Cliff and his staff at the time uh, run the response uh, matrix uh, criteria for all of Buena Park, and it made sense to move uh, fire station 61 further west to better uh, cover the uh, response area so moving it just a little bit west helped out uh, mm. with the response as well great yeah every second counts so uh, the station is coming along quite well as you mentioned it should be done in May ready for us to occupy uh, at some point in June ribbon cutting ceremony uh, slated for July. We're excited about it. Giant station, uh, 18,000 square feet, uh, division headquarters, battalion headquarters, nurse educators there, um, community risk, risk reduction staff there as well. I wanted to mention the city of Buena Park is paying for this. It's not paid for by OCFA. That's correct. And so it's a big financial commitment from our residents because well, we have uh, done a bond and um, and so it'll take a few years to pay it off, $13 million. And with part of that money, we are improving Station 63, which uh, 
now that it has four people there, need a little more space um, so that they could have exercise area as well as uh, yes. upgraded dorms. So we're trying to do our part to uh, provide good service to our residents. Well, we couldn't have better partners and we appreciate uh, certainly your partnership in that. I know um, it, it's, it is a giant station. It's a big budget uh, for the construction of that station. Um, as you mentioned, the steel construction, one of the things that we, I know we looked at early on was to build, a, instead of building a station with an ex, a life expectancy of about 50 years, we wanted to push it to 75 or 100 years. So going with the uh, pre-engineered steel and, and uh, metal framed uh, construction, we're hoping to uh, have this station in your city for a very long time. Um, you mentioned 63s. Um, we just had the construction kickoff meeting this last week for 63 and uh, breaking ground on it this week. And we're gonna be adding about 900 square feet to the back of that station now that that station has been augmented with an additional firefighter and it is now a standalone ALS paramedic engine. Mm -hmm. um, that also gives us a chance to, um, uh, here at 61, uh, to maybe thwart having to add an additional unit right away. The call volume here at 61 had been quite high, in excess of 5,000 calls a year between the engine and truck. And we were getting to that point that we may need to trigger another unit. Yeah. Um, but, and we've built the station to accommodate it, but with 63 becoming a medic engine, I think we'll be able to yeah. hold that off a little while longer. Yeah, Additional savings to the community as well. Yes, that's great. Wonderful yeah. planning. And we are growing in Buena Park. We have a lot of housing coming in and more in the future, I'm sure. It's uh, going up. In fact, the city council voted to allow a 16-story condo project to go in on Beach Boulevard. Um, I did not vote on that, but uh, anyway, it's a done deal. And so in the future, we're going to have a lot of challenges with uh, more residents packed in the same amount of space. Yeah, housing units are going up, definitely. The entertainment corner on Beach Boulevard is um, it's off the hook. It really looks awesome. They're great uh, stores. We have a Porto's now, right? We have Rock and Brew. Um, and in process right now, the building process is Butterfly Palladium. It'll be a huge atrium with, with tropical kinds of plants and butterflies flying all over the place and a jellyfish aquarium and all kinds of other tourist attractions. So we anticipate more tourists coming. And that's going on the old um, Movie Landwax Museum site. Property, okay. Um, so speaking of the future and um, the, the obviously bright prospects that you have here in the city of Buena Park, um, let's transition back to OCFA for just a minute. And I'd like to hear from you what you believe some of our um, challenges will be over the next year um, for the new director when that person takes a seat. Well, always with any governmental agency, you have to think about the budget and the taxpayers who are providing the funds for that budget. And of course, we all know about the pension liability that is uh, very high and the post-employment benefits that we have to keep, a, keep close track of because this is all taxpayer dollars that is covering this, these costs. And so um, I would say always the challenge is the budget. I've been elected official now 39 years 
and um, when I was on the school board all those decades and now on the city council, it always comes down to budget because there's a limited amount of funds that you can uh, ring out of people <laughs> through taxes, sure. property taxes or otherwise. And so um, as much as we want to um, provide adequately for our employees and think about their future uh, in pensions and medical needs, we do have to um, keep a close eye on how that is affecting the money coming in and the people who are providing it. So. And the OCFA continues to accelerate our uh, pay down, right, of our unfunded pension I'm, liability. They have, and I'm so proud of our finance department. They have been, in fact, so many times I've said to our city manager, look at what OCFA is doing. <laughs> and um, they just really have done very well about planning ahead, paying down, and um, we're looking towards um, being at 85% funded for our pensions in just another couple of years. And that's a nice goal because it's always that moving target. As soon as yeah. the um, regulatory agency makes a change, then you can either be money ahead or money behind. So as I say, it's a moving target, but at 85% funded, you feel pretty good about that because we don't have to pay it all out at, at a moment's notice. So. Yes, correct. Um, and uh, as we continue to pay down that unfunded liability, I know that once we reach that 85% goal of, uh, pay, of paying down that, that uh, as I mentioned, unfunded liability, then our attention's going to focus on um, medical benefits. Retiree uh, medical. Post-retirement medical mm -hmm. benefits. Yes. So, awesome. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to mention? Uh, any other uh, challenges or things that you'd like to mention uh, for uh, an encouragement for our chair uh, this next year? <laughs> well, um, thankfully the chairperson doesn't have to do anything alone. And I like the process we've had in the last few years where the, um, the immediate past chair and the vice chair along with the chairperson it's like a three-member team and really uh, shares the burden. But um, if I could just say something personal, uh, this past year while I've been chair, um, my mother, who was 103 years old, had a heart attack. She lived here in Buena Park and we had to call the paramedics. And I just appreciated so much those uh, firefighters who came and took good care of her, got her in the ambulance, and uh, we went with the sirens blazing and got her to St. Jude Hospital. But she was 103 with a heart attack, so um, she unfortunately passed away. But several times since that, the, the young men who helped her that day have asked me how I'm doing, and um, of course they, at first didn't know that she had passed away, but they were so thoughtful and caring. I just wanted to compliment them again on uh, you know, doing their job so professionally, but also with such a warm and caring attitude towards the family members. Uh, thank you for that. It, um, 
you know, we always tell our members that you should treat uh, those that you're serving as if they are your own family. Um, well, I believe they certainly took that to heart and that's how they behaved. Thanks. It's nice to hear that. Well, Beth, um, thanks for meeting with me today out here at uh, Classroom 18, the principal's office over at Walter Knott School, <laughs> our temporary Station 61 site. Um, I've enjoyed the, our conversation. Thank you for providing your, uh, your insight into your uh, roles and responsibilities as board chair. Uh, I look forward to speaking with you soon. Great, it's been my pleasure. All right, thanks again to Chief Stefan for sitting down with uh, Dr. Beth Swift, our uh, former board director and chair. Um, and just want to say thank you, Beth, for um, all the great leadership that you've provided for this agency, both as a board director, vice chair, and chair. Uh, it's been a privilege to work with you, and I'm sure we'll continue to um, enjoy uh, your service here on the board in the uh, months and years to come. All right. Um, I also wanted to just give a quick little plug for our next podcast, which is going to be uh, with Division Chief Jeff Adams, and he'll be addressing our all-hazard IMT and the great resource uh, that we have through them and all the different avenues that we can use them, uh, different incidents and what have you, and the folks and the training and all the different bells and whistles that they bring to the table, for which we're, we're quite grateful. So we'll give you more on the Chief's recruitment as well in the coming podcast. But until then, let's, uh, let's just continue to watch out for each other and we'll talk to you soon.